Because the return of Jesus is sooner than it has ever been, we should expect to see more and more and more labor pains of creation. We're going to see more of them, not less of them. And our hearts should always be moved with compassion for people who are experiencing suffering. We should pray for them and we should say, God, because we believe in meeting the world at its places of pain in the name of Jesus, how can we help? Pastor Daniel will tell you in today's message that as the return of Jesus draws nearer, you'll see an increase in the tragedies and disasters that strike the world. Don't be disheartened, though. Remember that the Bible has already warned you about this. As you long for heaven and the end of the hardships of this world, remember also to be Jesus right here, right now. Show the hurting world around you how the hope of salvation can change lives. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 8 as he continues his message, Eyes on the Prize. I remember when Lynn was having contractions for our second child, Maranatha. I remember we were living in a townhouse and our car was kind of parked a little ways up. And so I remember that Lynn went into labor in like the middle of the night. It was like 11 o'clock. So I woke up to hear her laboring, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. And so I got myself up and, you know, brushed my teeth. I'm ready to go. And Lynn, I knew that I needed to make sure that I, everything was ready because she was not going to go to the hospital early. Right. And I remember that when she finally said, okay, I'll go to the hospital. I needed to be ready to go. So I ran up to get our car to back it down. So she got door to door service, you know, like I'm a good husband that way. Right. And I remember I was putting her go bag in the back of the car. Right. And I'm putting in the back of the car. But at this time, Obadiah is like three years old. So the back of the car is like a buffet. And I remember I go and I put the bag in the back of the car. And in my mind, I mean, I just woken up. I mean, I must have eaten dinner about six hours earlier. And I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be a long night. So sure enough, I put the go bag down and there I see it. Distracted as I always am. A little hill of gold. Cheetos. And I remember I thought to myself, whatever you do, don't eat that. Now, I wasn't scared that it was going to be like bad because Cheetos never go bad. You know what I mean? But I'm like, if I eat this, I'm going to get in trouble for mama because she's right in the middle of something pretty important. But sometimes I act before I think. So I grabbed those Cheetos. I shoved them in my mouth, chewed real fast, found a water bottle, swished it around, cleaned it out of my teeth because I'm smart like that. And I walked in the door, and right as I walked in the door, Lynn was having a contraction. And all of a sudden, in the middle of a contraction, she looked at me with the eye of Sauron. (laughs) Mid-contraction, what are you eating? Now is the only time Lynn has ever said anything mean to me in our entire marriage. Right there. And I said, uh, nothing. (laughs) 
got to pray for that poor girl. I knew better too. But in that moment, see, when I think of labor pains, that's what I think of. What are you eating? (laughs) Poor girl. But here's the thing. With each labor pain, if you keep it in perspective, you realize that those labor pains, are they painful? I've been told so. Are they purposeful? Absolutely. Babies aren't born without them. And in the same way, as you look at what's going on in the world, and not just the human world, but with all of creation, the ecological world, there's not a week that goes by given the fact that all of the world, we kind of exist right there on our computer screens. Right as you hear about a tornado, you have to think to yourself, that's a labor pain. This is a tsunami. That's a labor pain. Every time the earth does something in its brokenness, it's a sign of a labor pain as all of creation is laboring and groaning for the coming, the consummation of the children of God. Look at what it says. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. It's saying that the hope and the expectation of all of creation that picked that word earnest expectation it's a picturesque word that literally means when someone leans forward out of interest or desire. All of creation is doing the same thing. It's waiting for the revealing of the children of God. And then it tells us in verse 20 that the earnest or for the creation was subjected to futility. Now that word futility literally means frailty or purposelessness. It has the connotation of decay. Really what it's saying is just like our bodies, and we've talked about this, how the bodies right as they're born, they begin to die slowly. All of creation is like that. Because of the failing of Adam and Eve as the stewards over God's good world, all of creation fell with it. And creation is on that process of atrophy. It's happening right now. And sometimes if you read uh, the scientific research about when the sun is going to burn out and when the ozone layer is going to go bad forever and, and climate change and all these things. And for those of you who believe that climate change is political, it is because all of these companies are making all sorts of things that are ruining this earth. Now, I'm not saying that it's not politicized, but if you don't think that climate change is real, just realize that we had snow and hail and it's going to be 60 degrees tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, like when you do the science on the polar ice caps, they're getting smaller. That's a problem, right? But either way, humans have a say in what goes on, but there's only so much we can do because all of creation was subjected to futility as well. Do you realize that? So God made Adam and Eve the stewards over his good creation. So some of the problems that we have ecologically are human derived. You know that, right? And all of creation is in this process of decaying slowly, just like our bodies are. But notice that wasn't God's intention because God subjected it in hope, it says, because the creation itself, verse 21, also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Peter 
In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13, says almost the same thing. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So all of creation is longing for this new creation. And if you read the Bible, really what you find is that God ushers in renewal of the created order in two steps. The first step is when Jesus returns and he sets up his messianic kingdom on the earth, on this earth. And this earth gets a renewal. And then the second step is when God brings in the new heavens and the new earth and all of this is made completely new. In a lot of ways, God's plan in the renewal of creation is the exact same plan in his renewal of us as people. The first step is when Jesus takes residence within our hearts and we are a colony of heaven in the midst of this earth. And then, either at the return of Jesus or at the resurrection of the dead, when all things are made completely new in consummation. Now, if you have no clue what I just said, I realize I just dropped some really quick theology on you guys. So if you don't, if you didn't catch all that, don't worry about it. But if you did, think about how cool that is. God doesn't need to recreate the wheel when he wants to bring renewal. He has a plan and a purpose. But all of creation is longing for all things to be renewed. That's why it says in verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Now, I want to say one last thing on this before I move to the last section of this message. And here's this. Sometimes as believers, when some sort of ecological disaster hits some area of the world, I am always horrified by the commentary of somebody in the ministry who has the audacity to say, the reason that earthquake happened is because those people worship idols or whatever. I'm always horrified because I'm like, actually, if you read Romans chapter 8, they're the recipients of a broken creation and God's people at the very least should be compassionate and not jerks. Now, I just say that because for me, I realize that here at Crossroads, we don't do that kind of thing. We're a little bit more biblical than that. Every time you hear of a calamity where nature hurts people, our first thought should be, That's another birth pang. Our second thought should be, God, will you take care of all those people there? And our third thought should be, God, how do you want us to help? Because every single cataclysmic happening is a birth pang. And creation is saying, it's almost time. And when you read about the return of Jesus, it says that there will be more and more of these things. Not less and less. You realize that when birth pangs happened to a woman with child, they began slowly. I remember they called them Braxton Hicks contractions. I went to Lamaze class with my wife. The little pre-labor that goes on where the stomach's just kind of contracting a little bit. All those muscles are in spring training. Right? And then when labor begins, it can happen for a long time, but they get more and more and more. And then I remember that when you go into active labor, then those contractions are serious. I remember when we had Obadiah, the very first one of our kids. I remember, I forgot when you're supposed to take them, take your wife to the hospital, 
And I remember I called my sister-in-law. And I'm like, when should I take Linda? She's like, well, how long are the contractions? I'm like, oh, about 40 seconds. She's like, how fast? I'm like, oh, they're about every two and a half minutes or whatever it was. She's like, can she speak through them? And I'm like, no. She's like, get to the hospital. Right? Because they become more and more and more and more so that the child can be born. And here's the thing, my friends, because the return of Jesus is sooner than it has ever been, we should expect to see more and more and more labor pains of creation. We're going to see more of them, not less of them. And our hearts should always be moved with compassion for people who are experiencing suffering. We should pray for them and we should say, God, because we believe in meeting the world at its places of pain in the name of Jesus, how can we help? Because that's exactly the way Jesus responded to fallen humanity. God was moved with compassion for us in our fallenness. Jesus ever lives to make intercession and Jesus came on a rescue mission. And we learn from our Savior. So every moment of birth pangs, it's a reminder that God has a work that is already and not yet. The consummation when Jesus returns. And look what it says in verse 23. It says, not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of, of our bodies. For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. And brothers and sisters, you and I need to learn how to hope in God's future. We need to learn how to hope in God's future. This word hope is littered over these verses. Now, I've always told you this. My favorite definition of hope is to take the word hope and break it down. H-O-P-E. Having only positive expectations. Now, oftentimes the word hope is used in kind of like a superficial way. But if you're a follower of Jesus, your future, you should have only positive expectations because even if you suffer in this life, you know that glory is awaiting you. Even if things are not what you would like, you remember as Romans 8.28 tells us, for we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. So even if you don't like the situation, God says, it's all good in my hood because... I can take something bad and work it together for good. Now, let me ask you a simple question. How many of you have that kind of testimony along the way? A lot of us. Where God takes something that is not fun and turns it into something extraordinary. Because he's a God of redemption. So, really what he's saying is it's not only creation laboring for the revealing of the sons of God. But then he says, brings it back to humanity and he says something powerful to us. Really what he's saying is that not only that, but we also, those of us who have the first fruits of the spirit, those who are the first ones who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, as Paul is writing to the church in Rome, he's saying the first fruits, the first of the harvest for the people who have the spirit of God in them. Guess what? We also groan within ourselves. So if you're in Christ and the Spirit is in you, there is an internal groaning within yourselves for what? For 
our adoption, the redemption of the body. See, really what he's saying now is that for the person who's in Christ, for you and for me, because the spirit is within us, as we suffer and as we see the creation that is subjected to this decay and our bodies and people around us who are struggling with the decay of a fallen creation within ourselves, we say to ourselves, oh, I can't wait for this whole thing to be wrapped up when Jesus returns and he puts everything together and I no longer have a body that's breaking down. I no longer have friends whose bodies are breaking down. I can't wait for the fulfillment, the culmination of the adoption of what it means when my body is fully redeemed. See, right now, you and I, we are redeemed, but our body is still suffering the decay of a broken world. But there comes a day when Jesus returns or when he calls us home with redemption of the body that all of a sudden we are redeemed in its totality. No longer are we going bald and gray. No longer are we getting wrinkled. No longer do we have bunions. No longer is there high blood pressure, diabetes. No longer is everything falling apart, but there's a day that comes in the future where our bodies are redeemed. And I wonder when was the last time we were reminded of that yearning within us, that groaning. Now notice what he says in verse 24. For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope for why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Now, here's what I want you to do. And I'm going to close with this. But I want you to circle verse 25 in your Bible. I want you to circle it. Now, here's why. Because as children of God, redeemed by... Now, I realize not every one of us who is hearing this right now is there, right? Maybe you're hearing this and you're not born again. Maybe you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, right? But for those of us who have, you realize that we are hoping for something that we still haven't seen yet. God's kingdom, as theologians tell us, is already and it's not yet. Like, we are redeemed and we are waiting for the culmination of our redemption. God's kingdom is here, but we are still waiting for it to arrive in its fullness when Jesus returns and God reigns in totality in real time over everything without any limitations, without any rebellion, right? So there's an already not yet. And what he's saying to us is that real hope, hope is in what you don't yet see. And when you have that hope, it says that we get to eagerly wait for it with perseverance. And I think that God wants to cultivate the eagerly waiting for it with perseverance into our lives right now. The best example I can give of this is when you order something online and you're waiting for it to be delivered. Now, it's not really the same today with Amazon because you get it in two days, right? Or three days. So you know if it doesn't show up in three days, you're like emailing them. But there was a time when you would order something online and it would show up when it wants to show up. Or if you buy stuff from places other than Amazon, right? And you know when you're waiting for something to come in the mail... Are you excited about it? Yeah. There's an eagerness to it, right? Like, like you're like, okay, this thing's coming. It's going to be super, super cool, right? 
And because it's not there yet, what do you do? You wait for it. But when you're eager, what do you do? You keep checking the mailbox, right? If they give you a tracking number, right? That thing is like open in your browser window. Every time you're in front of the computer, refresh, refresh, refresh. Did you ever do that when you buy something from the U.S. post office? Now, I'm not knocking the post office, but like something's coming from California to Washington. ends up in Kansas City. I'm like, I don't know why it's out there. You know, ends up out in, in, in the Virgin Islands. I'm like, I'm hoping this thing's going to show up, you know. But I don't know how they do pull it off, but they get it all over the place. It's because the U.S. government is so efficient in everything that they do. You know what I mean? But that's kind of how I, I was tracking the package. I'm like, why is it out there? The guy's like, I don't know. The post office is weird that way. I'm like, I guess so. Right? But you're eager. You're excited. Now, if you work for the post office, I'm not, not knocking you. God bless you. I'm so grateful that I don't have to like go on a horse and wagon and get here in 10 years, you know? So you're doing great, you know? But you're eager, you're excited for it. You can't wait to get it, but you're waiting. There's a patience to it. But guess what? Not only are we eager and not only are we waiting for it, but we're also eagerly waiting for it with what? With perseverance. You're not going to stop until that thing shows up, Right? Right? If it, if it doesn't show up, you're like, wait, I'm, it's coming. It has to come. I know it's coming. And guess what? With the return of Jesus, that's how we should be. You and I should be eager for the return of Jesus. Listen, I cannot wait to not have to do my taxes ever again. I cannot wait to never have to mow the lawn again. I cannot wait to not have to do a million things that I have to do right now. I can't wait not to have to pay a heating bill. I can't wait to eat Twinkies for eternity and not gain a pound. I'm so stoked about this. I cannot wait to not have to deal with my own fallenness and your fallenness. I can't wait not to have to have attack news sources. Like I look forward to all of this. It says in heaven that God's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. I can't wait not to have one person having to weep. I can't wait. It says that in God's presence, there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for God's glory to cover the earth like the water covers the sea. Right? So I'm eager for that day. And I'm going to wait for that day. And I am going to occupy until he comes with perseverance, never stopping. Never getting our eyes off of what awaits the children of God. And that's why Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Brothers and sisters, listen. You and I need to learn how to hope in God's future. We live our lives with that expectation that the best is absolutely yet to come. Jesus is real. It's easy to get distracted when this broken world breaks even more. You see it every day on the news and on the faces of people longing for better lives. As a born-again Christian, though, you have hope. Pastor Daniel reminded you today that your future is guaranteed as a follower of Jesus. And that future is going to be glorious. So right now, occupy the space you've been given. But don't forget what you have to look forward to. 
Hey everybody, I want to invite you to join me in reaching people with the message that Jesus is real. Would you pray about partnering with us in the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio? Your support in this way helps us to keep sharing God's word and helps us reach more and more people. Thank you for considering partnering. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. I'd love for you to be part of the Crossroads Community Church family, but I understand some of our listeners can't make it to the actual church building. If that's you, come join us online. We live stream our Sunday morning services at CrossroadsChurch.net. So grab a cup of coffee and join us wherever you are for our time of worship and teaching. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time when Pastor Daniel will tell you that it's all good. You've likely heard that phrase before and maybe said it on occasion, even when everything wasn't good. However, as Pastor Daniel will explain, everything falls into place when looked at through the eyes of Jesus. If you trust that Jesus is in control, you can look at the messiness of this world with hope. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.